what's up? I'm your host, Bob Thompson, and welcome to Unleashing Greatness, the number one show for people who are ready to finally start or scale their own business and do it successfully. Over the last nine years, I've scaled my little basement business to 15 plus locations and several other businesses, but it hasn't been without trial and error and lots of adversity. I'm here to share with you the strategies and tools that actually work when running a business and how not to lose yourself while doing it. So if you're ready to unleash the greatness within you, let's dive into today's show. Hey, what's going on, Andrew? Thank you so much for hopping on today for this episode of Unleashing Greatness. And I think it's actually going to be pretty fun because obviously you're operating Legion Westchester. You're also part of the Legion franchise team. So we'll probably be diving into both today. And uh, I figured it would also be really cool for us to give a little bit of backstory for those listening or watching, especially like how we connected the little hiatus we had. So uh, we both texted this morning because popped up on our news feed uh, memories from five years ago when we were about to launch our third location together, which this location never ended up happening. And then we actually only just reconnected recently. So there's been a hiatus, but uh, I think we can like dive in all that. But uh, yeah, I figured it'd be a cool to- way to, to kind of inter- intro you and and also uh, just, man, thank you so much for hopping on today. I think this is going to be fucking bomb and there's going to be a lot of value shared for a lot of people, especially if they're in the gym space, but if they're operating just even any business or brick and mortar, like especially service-based, like today's going to be really valuable for them. For sure. You want to jump in uh, to your side of the start or you want me to go? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I could give a little bit of context and then you can go your side and it'll be interesting to hear the different sides. Yeah. Um, I started, you know, as those who probably listeners, the first time I started Legion in 2012 as a sports training facility, like semi-private, mostly high school athletes, some college, you know, pro here and there. And it was just me originally when I started, but then probably in 2000, I don't know if it was 2012, but in 2013, I think is when you came on board. Cause one of the places that I just like knocked on the door of and introduced myself was jiu-jitsu facility, which is where you were training. Uh, you were also finishing up your exercise science degree and you're like, Hey, this sounds like something I want to do. So then you came on board. I think you started as an intern. Then we started, you know, started working there and then you helped launch the second location. And then once we kind of like screwed around and got that figured out, we eventually were like, Hey, how can you grow in this company? Yeah. Like there's only at that time, it was like, we're kind of like stuck. So it was like, Hey, if you really want to grow, why don't we open up gyms together? And then we partnered and we opened our first location together in 2016, which lasted until we had 2016. So we opened up Deford location and then we opened up a uh, Brandon, Florida location together. So instead of being like, Hey, let's stay close to Jersey or where we live, let's go all the way down and open up one in Florida. Uh, and then I think it was in 2018 or my, my dates off maybe 2019. Uh, Cause I think we opened up Florida in 2017 and then after about a year of the Florida location, you moved back up to the Westchester area. And then uh, we decided to part ways. I said, hey, <laughs> um, this uh, isn't working in the way that it was at the time. We were obviously very different people. Uh, so then you actually ended up exiting the, uh, the company, no longer have those two locations. Uh, the third location, we were actually in the process of opening. We ended up not opening, uh, neither one of us. Uh, and then you actually completely changed careers 
and only came back in the Legion, I don't know, like, was it two months ago now? Maybe, Maybe a month, a little bit over a month, six weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah, seven weeks. It was kind of, and it was uh, that phone call that we had was was pretty fantastic. Like I remember for me on my end when we, we had it, it was like, it was like, hey, we had some we had some stuff that happened. <laughs> there was clearly like a falling out, um, yeah. a pretty big falling out. It's like, hey, let's no longer be business partners together. Yeah. Uh, and we were also like best friends at the time too. So it was like, let's looks like we're not going to be business partners or friends anymore. Catch you later. And for years didn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> And then here we are now, you now own the Westchester location, which was the last location I owned, which like you completely turn it around. Uh, and you've also come on board the franchise team to really be that like major asset to growth of like, how can we support our current franchisees? And then how are we also going to continue to grow this as we're bringing on new franchisees? And like, you're an integral part of, you know, it's interesting, kind of like full circles, like an integral part of the early beginnings. And then now like, in order to progress forward in this business, like you're back to being that integral part. So that's kind of like my shortened version of our history. <laughs> yeah, and I was uh, I was just talking about this yesterday, actually. So it's like fresh in my mind. But yeah, like it feels like kind of everything worked out like it like it needed to. I remember I was training um, jujitsu like pretty much full time. I was in college, uh, Chris and Alex at the time. You came and got them. They started working out with you. And I think a couple of times they were like, hey, you got to come meet this guy. You got to come meet this guy because I was in school for exercise science. So went, worked out. I think I like puked the first time, maybe going through like a full, full session. And it was cool. I mean, like, you know, personality wise, I think we we're super different immediately. But we had similar ideas. And what I say all the time with this, like, especially fitness, there's so many different things right so many different concepts and kind of methodologies and everything like that and i liked everything you were saying at the time so i started as an intern went to part-time like you know the money was not great like the benefits were non-existent um but it was like one thing luckily you had was like foresight right where like and we see now not too many people have that but like you were mentioning a second location and I had like friends and family members. Like, what are you doing at that place? Like, go, you know, work at LA Fitness or something like that. But you mentioned a I second. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And you, you told me you were like, you would make more money at LA Fitness. I remember that. Like, <laughs> but you kept saying a second location and like, you know, being not completely an idiot. I was like, well, there's him and then there's me. So if there's a second location, he's going to need somebody to go do that. Um, and Westchester, yeah. and uh, yeah, we did pretty well. I mean, we figured out kind of the format and everything as the business changed. And then uh, you did Wilmington and it took off from there and you were paying me too much. So because <laughs> we were, you know, you probably didn't really know how to structure that at the time. And I was doing fine for where I was. And uh, and I remember, yeah, I mean, the it was kind of like constant growth. So like the opening a gym together thing was like, I don't know. You might've told me one day and I was like, let me think about it. And I said, yes, like the next day or something. And I went home, I had a drink. I, uh, I called chase and, and said, Hey, like, you know, these credit cards I have for like 2,500. And they were like, yeah, I was like, you make them like 10 grand each. And they were like, yeah, no problem. And, uh, and we ordered equipment for Jersey and that, that was pretty much it. Jersey yeah. Lucky with, uh, with one employee at least who like was able to hold it down for us. And I don't remember, I still to this day don't remember like, were we going on just like a weekend trip to Tampa? Like, 
I remember kind of it was like we were not supposed to sign a lease and then we were just like kind of did. <laughs> yeah. So I remember when we went down to, was it for the Tampa or the Flo- or Brandon location? It was for Brandon, Brandon. right? For Brandon. So yeah, when we, when we did Brandon, I remember cause I remember like we're, you know, having our gyms in the Northeast, you know, I would know people that have gyms in super dense cities out in like the West coast, like Cali and stuff. And then, just from their demographics of where they were, just the differences in the business. They were like, they had way more people than we did. You know, even though like our gyms were like packed, you know, I think that the peak of Wilmington location, when I owned it, we had like, or or Newark was over 500 members and Wilmington was over 400 members, just members, not like new front end trials, challenges, all that stuff, like members. But then I would talk to people in Cali and I'd be like, what? Why is this? I was like, oh, it's because it's super warm. There's just way more people that live there. Yeah. And then I, you know, for Florida brand, and I really wanted to be able to ride my Harley like year round being in Jersey and PA. I, I couldn't ride I it. Being like, that was one of the first stops we made in Florida was we went to that Harley store, like along the highway. <laughs> I, I think, I, did you, yeah. buy one or you were like close to buying one? I didn't, I was close to buying one. I didn't buy one that year. I had, I shipped down, I shipped down one of my bikes Cause I think I might've had two Harleys at the time and I shipped down like the, the one I didn't ride as much uh, instead, but yeah, no. And then I don't think we were intending on signing a lease though that weekend. And we actually, it was interesting because we had tried, we had called somebody in advance, like, Hey, we're thinking about opening up a gym out here. Yeah. You know, here's, here's these other locations we have. We want to come take a look at these properties. And then when we landed, the person never got back to us. They just completely ghosted us. Yeah. So we ended up just pulling up LoopNet, looked at places for lease, went end. and found this place that used to be a former gym, talked to the guy who's super cool. And I think, yeah, I think we we went just to look at properties, got stood up. We're like, screw it, we're here. Let's look on our own. We found a property. Price was great. And I think by the time we were heading home, he was sending us the lease. Yeah. Yeah. And if it was five years ago when we posted that, like popped up on Facebook today, that means it was November in Pennsylvania. And we went down to Florida and it was probably 85 and sunny and we were having a good time. And like, yeah, why not? I mean, at that point, we definitely thought that, you know, we'll talk about today. Like we thought we could just not fail and just open and go and open and go. And, uh, well, and I would say we kind of were having that track record, you know, at first, but so this was the one that popped up today was for when we were going to open up Tampa because we opened up, I believe we opened up the Brandon location in December of 2016. If I, if I, I think I remember correctly, we opened up, I don't remember when we opened up Deptford. I think Deptford was January ish of 2016. I think I'm pretty and sure then, was nope. when, we, when we signed the lease. Cause we were just like, we didn't know the difference. We were just calling it Tampa at the time. So I think that was when we signed the lease for the first one. Cause I remember we literally posted that Oh, that picture from that hotel we stayed at on the water and, uh, and just posted, hey, we're gonna open in Tampa and just flew, flew home that day. Like not knowing really how everything was going to work, but yeah, no, you're actually, you're hundred percent right. So yeah. Cause then we opened up 2017 or whatever for Brandon yep. and then it was shortly after it was in, and it was, it was close to about a year within the first year of us opening Deptford together. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think, yeah, I had Newtown square, Westchester, then the third location, Wilmington. 
And then we opened up Deptford. I might've opened up one more location and then we opened up another location together. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's right. Yeah. And we weren't, we were just like going to check it out. We thought and we got like stood up. And I think though, that a couple of things, I don't necessarily think we got lucky, you know, cause when we opened up Florida, we had a marketing strategy that worked. It was a super dense area and actually how we launched it. I think it was much different than how we launched a location now. But back then, our sales strategy was when we were doing like the large group orientations. So we'd run ads, we'd tell everybody to come to this night of the week, and we would sign people up. And that's how we launched the brand and location. We both still lived in the Northeast. Yep. I think the, the pre-opening, I would fly out once a week. We'd run ads, we'd send everybody to the, the group orientation. So I'd fly down like once a week. No gym setup. And I think once we did that, no gym setup, like empty warehouse space. Like no flooring down, no paint on the walls. Like people were walking in here, we're selling them into this, you know, fitness program. Like, hey, come join our six-week challenge. And they're like, are you just gonna like fold up and turn shop and, and take our money and go away? It's like, no. And we we actually opened our closing rates weren't great, you know, compared to what we were doing up in the Northeast, but we still opened with like a uh, almost cash flow positive, if not cash flow positive. And, but it was at that point when I was like flying down, we were like, we can't operate this gym living up here. Somebody yeah. has to be down here. And that's when then you moved out there. Yeah. And so we, I think the initial thing was um, we'd planned for six weeks, right? So we, we basically thought like, I'll go down and uh, we, we got the apartment. I think we rented a car for literally like almost two months. Because it was like, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll hire these people. We'll get this first challenge going. We'll get everything running. Like, I'll come back and then we'll like visit periodically. And I think I was down there for like a year, year and a half or something like that. <laughs> and uh, I, had, I had my current girlfriend who I live with. We we're already dating. So it was like very much not in the plans. But yeah, but also it was, you know, it was fun. I mean, I say lucky in the sense that like we look at it now and we know how much we could have done differently. But like we did, oh, we yeah. knew what we were doing to a degree, but like, you know, we were, we were fortunate to get as far as we did knowing like how different we could have done things looking back. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like, you know, as we were a little bit talking before the call then versus now, although we use a lot of the same stuff and that's like an interesting thing when people think of the gym industry, they're like, Oh, the industry's changed. All this stuff is different. It's like, it's not really it's not really that different. Like we were joking around, like you've been out of the industry five years almost. And then you came back doing the same stuff that we did back then. And then doing the things that we didn't do. And it's just absolutely blown up the Westchester location. Like you four exit or something within a 30 day period of that location from doing the same stuff we did back then. And that stuff that we should have done. And we look back and we could do better just doing that. So I think that would be kind of cool to kind of talk about like, the mindset you had back then of what like worked and didn't work. And then like now coming back into it, kind of like how you approach it differently. Uh, I think that would be really cool, especially for like the gym operators out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, you know, partially you can attribute it to maturity to a degree too. I mean, like I know we both had, I think lifestyle wise, we needed to get away from each other, even though we were having like a lot of fun. There are definitely other factors. And then just immaturity as far as, business and sales and everything you know i was really good at the day-to-day gym operations at the time um just keeping people happy within the facility but at a higher level i knew a little bit but i didn't know you know nearly as much as you and, and definitely as much as we know now so i was able to i mean when i left 
and a few years is a long time to like have to to think about it right and if you're any kind of like entrepreneur or anything like that like you're always kind of thinking like well i could have done this i could have done that and i left and went into corporate sales completely different but you know from coming out of college and going into this wild ride of like which i wouldn't change for a second we're just constantly kind of going up and up and like you know we weren't doing anything crazy. I wasn't making a killing or anything like that, but obviously lifestyle wise, like we had some opportunities people didn't have and just going back and forth from Florida and stuff like that. So it was fun in that sense. But after a while I was definitely burned out. And then, you know, I took this job and it was like, to me, it was like, Oh look, a salary and benefits and like, just put me in a cubicle and tell me what to do every day and I'll just do it. And it was so like, it seemed so safe and so comfortable. And so like a nice change of pace from what we were used to. And then like, so it it was helpful in the sense that like I got more business education, I got more sales, like formal education. But the only thing I thought like the whole time was how I could have applied everything to what we were doing before, because it became apparent, like, I don't belong in this environment. I hate, I mean, my relationship almost ended 10 different times because I was just a miserable person to deal with. Like I would come home and you know, coming from living in Florida to working nine to six in a cubicle and it being the dead of winter in Pennsylvania is like a very, very tough thing to deal with. Um, and then all the stuff that like we never had to deal with before the boardroom meetings, the like sales managers, people just, you know, hammering numbers at you and stuff like that. And it's uh, a different environment. So the entire time, really, I was thinking, you know, learning these new things, selling big ticket items, like our, our big ticket item is 500 bucks. Right. And so when you start selling things for $25,000, it just, your mentality shifts. And it's kind of like that, that fake it till you make it thing where until you're there, you're dealing with it all the time. You can't have that confidence. But of course, like when you go back to these smaller sales, it's like not a big deal. Right. Like I'm used to dealing with all these, like I had a contract with Fox Disney at one point, like that's, you know, Susie Joe from the neighborhood is not going to intimidate you if you're dealing with people like that all the time. So it's like, <laughs> it's like further exposure and experience, but like I really did always have an eye back towards, and I didn't know if it was going to be Legion, but like fitness or something that I could use all that, but it, I would be actually like a happy person and my girlfriend could tolerate life. And, you know, I, I wasn't just dreading every Monday and like looking forward to every weekend. And I'd started online personal training as just kind of getting the itch to get back into something. And it was like around them where you just like reached out randomly and just seemed like really good time. And yeah, I think that was the thing. Like a while back, I was constant growth and it got to this point where to really scale, like you needed to do something different for the business and there was nowhere for me to go. And now it's just the perfect time, the perfect combination to come back and really have a role in like taking the next steps and everything. But as far as the methodology, like, the first thing I did coming back to Westchester was, yeah, just stop everything we were doing and change it back to what we already knew worked, which was everything we did those years ago. Yeah. Um, so I think like before we even dive into that, I think there's actually like some really good stuff there was, yeah, when we were, when we were really like scaling Legion, you know, and it was the early days, like we didn't, neither one of us had business background. We didn't know what we were doing. We knew some stuff worked and we had some coaches that like would teach us how to do things and we would just go and implement. But yeah, like looking back at it, knowing 
all this, the sales knowledge we have now, the marketing knowledge, the business operations, the finance knowledge now, how like different things would have been. However, all those things had to have happened to get us to where we are now and to get the business to where it was. But I think what really allowed it was we were passionate about it. We were having fun. So like the growth, it was like, we'll figure this out as we go. Like we don't have to have all the answers now. And I think, I think that's what hurts a lot of entrepreneurs is, and especially like gym owners is they, they're like, I need to know what's going to happen 12 months from now. I need to know what's going to happen three years from now. It's like, things are going to change. Here's the basics that we need to do. And, you know, when you kind of start, when you have the marketing figured out and you have like the sales to a degree figured out and you know, you're good. Like for us, it's, it's one of the things I actually look back at. Like we were always the delivery, the training, the service that we, we provided was always like great. So that was not an issue for us. We were, you know, better than I think the average person doing that. So that was always done. And I was like, all right, we're putting the marketing and the sales component together. We were going to figure it out as we go, but we were getting traction. And we were, and I think it's because we were passionate about it. We had the right mindset. But yeah, like I think that's a big thing for, for gym owners or any business owner. Like, yeah, we if we sell our six-week challenge, it's $500 to join the gym. So whereas other gyms, boot camps are like, hey, here's a free week. We're like, no, if you want to join us, you have to pay $500 for six weeks. Or if you want to do like, you know, the a semi-private program they're offering, it's going to be like $2,500 for 12 weeks. Right. You know, so now... Yeah, when you've come in, you're like, and I think that's like where some people they get like gym owners they get scared when it comes to money. You know, you've sold big ticket items before. You've also seen the success of how it works. So for you, it's like coming in, you're like, yeah, hundred dollars plus a week for semi private training, five hundred dollars for six week challenge. Like we're not giving discount. Oh yeah, like normal high rate, you know, weekly payments for memberships. Right. You know, that hasn't been an issue whatsoever. And I, and I think that like for sales component, that's really important is like you're exuding the confidence into the prospect that's coming into a gym like this. Like they're buying, you know, there's three things that they're buying. They're buying like, hey, will this program actually get me to the solution that I want? You know, right. will it solve my problem? Will it then, is this facility going to be the place that's going to do it? But ultimately, is it like the person I'm talking to right now, do I believe in them? Because I don't believe in myself. They need to believe in the product and the service that they're going to be doing more than I am. And we have to put that into it. And I think that's something that you like you do really well. Is like when somebody talks to you, you're like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like having having conviction in like what you're doing too, which comes from like, you know, the product being good, the environment being good, which we knew now coming in, it wasn't there like this time around, but I knew what I was capable of offering and what we were capable of offering as well. So the first thing we did was fix that right because really you can't come from like sales wise a place of conviction and confidence if like what you're selling is not really that good so we made changes immediately to that because like we always say like the easy part like the given for us right should be like the workouts are great the environment's great and the results are great right we already knew that we have all these posters before that we're like collecting dust around here anyway of, of thousands of clients that we've helped so we knew that was good and i knew that was good but it wasn't when I came back and like, even me, like, you know, even if you are good at sales and you have that experience, like you can maybe sell people, but when they get in there and it's not what you told them it's going to be, that's the worst thing that could happen because then it ruins, you know, their experience and it ruins your reputation because you're talking up here and the products down here and it's just, you know, it's going to go downhill from there. So I think like fixing that and, and having confidence in what you're offering you know, can go a long way. And it's easier when you have control over it. If you go work for a company and like, 
you know, you're selling something and you know, in the back of your mind that like you're telling them they'll happen six to eight weeks, but the, the lead time's actually been out to like 12, 14 because things are behind and stuff. Like it's hard to not have control over that kind of stuff. But here, like we very much have control over what we can offer people, um, which gives you the confidence to say like, hey, this is what you need. And maybe, you know, maybe you don't have the money right now, whatever, but like, I'm going to tell you that's what you need, that it works. And, you know, we'll see it now or we'll see it like down the road, but either way, it's, it's what you need to fix your problem. Yeah. And so speaking of like, so when you came into Westchester, it got to the point where, you know, I'm living out here and that was the last location that I had. And, and, you know, it was one location and then we moved it and the pandemic, we had all sorts of issues and stuff that happened there. But ultimately it was just like, I wasn't doing a good job running. And I knew that I hadn't been doing it for a while. And I was just like, I'm not, that's, you know, it's not where me operating a location isn't, isn't what like it needs, it needs the TLC. And that was, I think, when the first thing that you came in, I'm like, hey, we got to add up. We got to do this, this, this. And you're like, dude, we got to do this first. Like, this place looks like crap. Like, yeah. why would somebody want to be here? And I think within the first day or first week, you know, we looked at, hey, we had a people problem, you know, as well. Like, we had, you know, people that worked there were great people, but they weren't delivering the experience and the service that is what our customers deserve. So, like, within the first week, you made changes, if not like the first couple of days. That was like the first, you clean the place up. You're like, it looks like crap. So I'm gonna make it look good. That's that's a really important thing for like gym owners. If you think you're just gonna have your, your gym in a warehouse and it's gonna look like crap, like that's gonna be impacting the value you feel to even offer to people and the people are willing to pay and also stay and refer. But also like you immediately cleaned it up. You hung up the posters and stuff like that. You cleaned up the place. So it actually looked great because it's a beautiful facility. And yeah. then you also went to the other big issue was the people. It was like, hey, if we're going to, if we're going to grow this, if we're going to even bring people in, I don't want to just have it leaking out. Like that's, I think the average churn in gyms is like 10% a month, which is insane. You know, you're like, Hey, why am I going to spend all this time trying to sign up new people? If they're just not going to stay and they're not going to be happy. Right. So you're like, Hey, we're going to correct this. And you did that immediately. Yeah. I believe the, uh, I think the second day we made two staff changes. The first day, I made a lot of facility changes and what we kept saying, I kept saying to you was, you know, Westchester was a gym that it was our second location. So it's been exposed to the market for a long time. So people already have pre-existing ideas of what this place is or maybe of what it was before and what it turned into. So the question always is like, you know, the easy thing to do is spend a bunch of money, open a new gym in a new market, create some excitement and get people through the door initially once you've been around a while i feel like and you've kind of gone through that process and everything a few times and changed it a few different ways it's harder to to get a second shot with people especially people who like you've essentially wronged by you know diminishing the product that they were initially offered which is like the, the easiest way to put it and that, that's kind of what was happening um so for us it was like a physical representation of change. As soon as I came in the door, like they knew that somebody knew was taking over. Some people knew me, which was good. Some, a lot of people did not. So I thought by, you know, look, I'm making facility changes. I'm making staff changes. Like we're taking this seriously and we're uprooting everything and just reverting it back to what it should be, uh, was going to be impactful. And I, I think it was, and some people jumped back on board immediately. Some people needed to see a continuation of that. Um, and we're still trying to offer that. I think as we go, you know, more weaknesses are 
showing themselves um, as we get stronger in other areas. So we have to address that all the time. But I think just anything, especially when you're that far gone to show people like, yeah, we're immediately switching things up um, can go a long way. I think that's, that's huge. Cause whether you're just opening a gym, like speaking of like, Hey, in the beginning when it's new, people love new stuff, you know? Yeah. So it is easier, especially like with our, our, you know, our marketing style, like getting leads to new people isn't a problem for us, especially when you're opening and you're new and you can really set yourself up for success for the long term based on how that delivery is, how the experience is and continuing. I think orange theory for the most part, like they're one of the best gyms out there, especially as a franchise, like, they're amazing. But they sign up almost all their members in the beginning. Like that's the bulk of their memberships happen. And then I think it's like kind of just like slows down. That's actually how a lot of gym franchises are. Like they sign up a ton of people at first. So the pre-opening is huge. They might do it for months and months and months. But then after that, they struggle. One of the things I love about our model is it is like, and it, it does get tougher if you've wronged the market. And especially like Westchester is not a dense market either. It's not a ton of people. It's not like we're in Philly or in Tampa. Like there's only so many people you can market to. Yeah. There's new people moving all the time, but like with our ability, the way that we market, like you can get new people in. So at any point in time and you can turn it around, but I think that's been a big thing is you turn it around. But I think one of the, we kind of started talking about this yesterday. And I think that whether it's a franchise, whether it's a business and you're coming from a different thing, and even some of the mistakes, like this is the mistakes we're me, you and I were guilty of early on is like, this isn't, a passive investment. Some people think they can open up a business or they can open up a franchise and they're like, yeah, like it's already been done before. Like I, I don't have to, I just have to do a few things to be there, but you've, you're, you've done it completely differently. Like you're very, very present in this and also very present with leading your team and how you're doing that. So I think that was one of the things we started talking about yesterday. I think it's like really important to like dive into is like, you can, whether you have a gym or any business, like it's, this isn't a passive investment. At least especially in the beginning we should say yeah especially i think with something that's so like people based right okay. i mean like you have hundreds of members that are people so they have like needs they have feelings they have thoughts and everything like that um the dream obviously is to like automate something where you don't you sit on a beach in key west or whatever and like you you know you just collect money and the thing's just like making money, right? Which those things exist. We talked about like their real estate, their stocks, things like that. This kind of thing is not that like, and we, we tried to kind of do that to a degree just out of necessity, right? Cause we didn't know how else to do it. We know we want to open more. So plug people in and go, but like the, the biggest thing, and I was talking to a guy in here about yesterday is like, and you know, this, you know, you're probably the only one who managed to like keep that kind of situation afloat for like as long as possible. Um, until I think you realized franchise was the only way to actually keep going because you were, I'm sure, spread too thin. But like the people, unfortunately, and it's no fault of their own, but the people who work for you are not going to care as much as you are, like ever. And there's no way that you can force them to like really thrive in things that they don't necessarily want to do. So you have to be present. I mean, and that's not to say that you have to train every single client every day, which I did some of as we started back here, just out of necessity, but, um, but you need to be around, right? Because the biggest thing that happens, like if I talk about you and like this location was like, you're so busy, you're somewhere else. You have a lot of different things going on and it becomes some kind of like figurehead, like villain, you know, for people to say like, uh, I call it the Bob effect, you know, like people are like, <laughs> oh, Bob, oh, Bob. Right. But like, 
really has very little to do with you. But like what happens is like the, the leadership chain breaks a little bit. So like the, the part-time employees are upset with the manager and the manager's upset because he doesn't have help beyond that. Um, and then with it being a personal business, like I, people can d- get disgruntled and that energy and emotion can like be projected onto the membership, which is the opposite of what people come to this kind of place for, right? They come to like yeah. get their energy out, have a good time, forget about all the bad stuff they have going on. So when like that kind of poisoning of the well happens, it can just trickle through the whole gym. And then if you're villainized in a way that you're the owner and you're off somewhere and in their heads, you're living in some mansion or, or doing, you know, whatever, right. They're going to not want to give you their money anymore by being present and being around. You know, I kind of used the example yesterday of, um, you know, one of my coaches in here could start trashing me next week or saying to the members, this, that, and the other thing. And their response is going to be, no, like, I know Andrew, I like Andrew. Like that's, you know, that's probably not entirely true. So by just being available to them um, somewhat, you know, at least on a consistent basis, it makes a big difference for them, like emotionally and mentally to, to feel like they have someone to go to and can reach out to if they do have problems instead of just doing what they were doing before and, and leaving basically. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, you, you summed it up pretty perfectly like, like how it can be. And it is like, this is, you know, if you're starting it with one location, you know, and especially in a, in a, you know, in a micro gym, like we're not talking like micro gyms aren't going to be, you know, generally speaking, and there's, there's few that do, but like these multi-million dollar operations for one location, you know, they can be a very highly profitable endeavor, but it's going to be on a smaller scale, but you do need to have a great team. And being involved in some level, whether it's when you have one location and, and like, you know, when I went up to having eight, like I had a leadership team, you know, because I couldn't be at every location, but people still want to see you there, you know? So like for me to stay present, you know, we had the leadership team that then, you know, we would have the managers of locations that they would work directly to. And then we have a great online community. So like I would be present in the groups in that sense, but it's still like having that connection with your team members you know, and also your, your community that's there, I think is extremely important and it does change as you grow. But I think that's like a good point. Like there are some people that you can get them to the point where they're going to have, they're going to feel that ownership, you know, and I think that comes with transparency in the business and then, but also creating a path for some level of ownership, whether it's a profit share, you know, it's a, a vested interest down the road or something like that. Or, you know, like for the opportunity, like when we talk to a lot of our employees, it's like, Hey, you know, only if I have multiple locations, eventually you could have this role, which could do this for you. But if you really want to create the freedom, eventually you're probably going to want to open up a location and great. We have a franchise for you to do that. Right. You know, and that's that kind of like path for growth, but yeah, like you have to, you have to care if they don't, if your team and your members don't feel that you care, they're not going to care and it's going to radiate. And that's, I think the biggest thing is when you went in, like you flexed your give a shit muscle, like you truly care. And they, and they resonate and they see it so fast. But of course, people were a little hesitant at first, but they're turning around and you're, but you're there day in and day out. You're communicating with your team. That was one of the cool things you told me. And I think, uh, you know, how people handle their, their, their leadership style and accountability. Like you have some team members you talk to every day because you know, that's what they need and want. And it's just check-ins. It's like, Hey, like this is, this is going to be the focus of it. You have a weekly meeting, you know, in the beginning of the week, some members you check in just like once a week. I mean, you're generally talking to all your employees like every day, but then like some of them you're checking in and giving like certain like instructions, so to speak, every day, getting that accountability. 
And I think that's missing from a lot of owners yeah. is they have to be plugged in to that business and be that person that can guide their team members. So their team members can be successful. Yeah. And that, that honestly comes and like, I talked about the clients a lot, but I think it's important to say like that matters with the employees too, because they're the, you know, the bridge to the clients. So to know who they are, and how they operate and, and to be there for them too. And to show that like you're in it with them, not that you're like somewhere expecting them to kind of like do everything or whatever that you're in it with them as well, but like laying out clear expectations and then knowing what their limitations are and doing what you can about it and working with them on it, or just giving them the tools to like, you know, overcome. So like, yeah, like if I know I have to text somebody every day and say, remember to make this announcement, like, like, you know, turn the music up louder or bring the energy today or whatever it is. I think it makes it easier for them and for me, just so I know, you know, like they, they know what to expect and they know what I expect. And that comes from, I think like our early days, like we were kind of just, like I said, like throwing stuff all over, just kind of go, go, go. And, um, I remember like talking towards the end and like some things came up where like, even still, like when we were going our separate ways, like we had similar ideas, but like we weren't communicating it to each other as far as like how things could have went or whatever. Um, and one of the things I told you now working with the franchise is, is for me too, right? Like, let's be clear about like what we expect from each other and, and then just go do it. Cause I think that's half the battle with like getting what you want out of people is just to make sure they know what you expect. And then obviously if they, they're not delivering after how many times are you telling them, then you have to take other steps. But I think in order to judge them properly or judge anyone properly, you have to make sure that like you're leading and, and being clear on your expectations with them as well. Business is like any other relationship, whereas like communication is extremely important. And you can think you're having clear communication. Like I know back in the day, you, between you and I, like our communication just got, just fell apart. Like we were, yeah. I was doing an absolutely terrible job and being like, why is he understanding these things? Why isn't he in my head? And, you know, business or any other relationship that you're in, it falls apart when you just don't communicate. You don't communicate clearly. And having those set expectations for your clients, for your for your employees is extremely important. And having that there, like some people find like, oh, I feel like that's micromanaging. It's, it's not. It's showing that you actually care. But it's yeah. also making sure that things don't, you can't, like, you can't get mad at a team member if they don't do something correctly or as you expect, if you've never truly trained them on it or followed up on it and kept them there and kept right. them on track and, and like, Hey, it's like cool to make mistakes. That's great. So like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to like, I'm going to coach you like, Hey, here's this new thing we're doing. Here's how we do it. I would love to see you do it. You know, here's the idea. Here's how it should be done. Here's how you do it. And then you got to follow up on it. Yeah. And like you got to follow up consistently on that thing and be like, Hey, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Like you and I, like we communicate every single day. Like yeah. we, we talk every single day, even if there's like checks and stuff like that, we have our, our formal ones, but then it's like just keeping up to date and showing that we're, we're both on top of stuff. So I think that that is a, that is a big thing. Like, how are you going to get mad at somebody or how are you going to expect somebody to do something when they have no idea that's what the expectation was from them? Yeah. And I think like, to be fair, like with us early on, like we were, like you said, like we we're like great friends and we shared an apartment together. We had a lot of similar interests and stuff. So like, sometimes like it turned into our communication would be like, what are we doing this weekend? Or like, what, you know, what's going on? Stuff like that. Like times where we should have been like sitting down and having like clear and the, the business communication would almost be in passing then. And it would just lead yeah. to a lot of confusion. So like, I think um, it's something we improved a lot on now, both like, you know, between each other and then with the employees too, because yeah, like they need the proper training. They need 
you know, to be rewarded, but like micromanaging versus just setting the expectation, I feel like is much different. I'm not going to stand over you and like watch you do it, but I'm going to make sure like, you know what I'm expecting. And if I hear or see otherwise, then like, we'll have to address it again, but it's not fair to them if they don't know, especially coming in as, as someone new and then them maybe not having gotten the training like here that they, they should have just because of the nature of how everything worked out. It's like, well, you're going to have the opportunity to like, here's how we do things. Here's how we're supposed to do them. You know, forget about whatever happened in the past going forward now. Um, and then you, you address it from there. But communication is, is important. And I think it can like falter really easily. Um, and I try to, you know, we've had some issues here and there already. I try to like make it clear to them, like, come to me, right? Same thing with the members, like come directly to me. Because when you create this web of like, he said, and she said, and like, whatever, which is like, when you have a couple hundred people in one location, you know, it, it could turn into like a high school type environment. Like you never know really like what's going on. So like to just be available and blunt with people and like, you know, from a standpoint of the same thing I said with working with the franchisees, like, you know, I have nothing to hide. I have absolutely no, like if you want, if you want answers, ask me the question, you'll get it. Because if you're doing things right, right, there shouldn't be an issue with like just being straightforward with everything. And I think like, so one of the things I started thinking about as you were talking about that is A, how we were back in the day. Like, I think, I know for me, you know, my priorities weren't always in the right place. Like I, I, I assumed that I was further ahead in business than where I really was, you know, further ahead in business, further ahead in life, you know, cause like we had that success. So like success can get to you, you know, whereas like now, you know, some of the things that we're doing, like with the franchisees, like we're, you know, since you and I have experienced semi-private training, you know, Legion for the most part has always been boot camps. Now we're adding like, Hey, semi-private is really great. If you have a couple hundred members that have been with you for a while, we need to have a way for them to ascend in the business. Right. So we're going to be creating semi-private. So you've been putting together the plans for semi-private, you know, so how do we, how do we do that? So people can actually do it. Like for the franchisees, it's like, here's our training. Here's then the, the, the training, like, so we have the video and the document that go with it. We're on this, we have time to digest it. We're like, we're doing it live, but it's recorded. So we can go back to it. Then we're digging in and we, you know, it's not just a one-time training. Then the next thing we're digging in deeper, like to make it foolproof, like here's how it's structured. Here's the programming. It's like literally drag and drop. But again, we're, we're going to do the training, explain everything behind it. You can go back and watch the recordings. You also have the documents that go with it of how it works. And then we're going to help you as we implement it. It's the same thing with your team. Cause people are probably like, well, how do you scale? If it's like, if you got to be this involved with a location, how do you scale? Right. It's having those systems and SOPs. You and I, before we had it all in our head and just assumed, and that's where breakdowns happen. Mm-hmm. But when you're communicating to the people, you have to tell them like, Hey, this is, and they have to have resources to be able to go back to, and that you can reference and they can have, and you can train on. And, and then you just keep people accountable. And that's how you can continue to progress for sure. You know, yeah. I, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And it's got to be like very black and white. Like we went through the stages early on where even like something as simple as hiring, right. We didn't identify who it was we were looking for. Same thing with the franchises. Like, you know, you have to identify like who is going to be good to operate what we do. Um, yeah. And we went through those phases where we, we didn't know what we were looking for. We didn't know what we expected out of them. We were, you know, kind of flying by the seat of our pants. So I think having everything laid out plainly, and I think if you're in a leadership position, it's your responsibility to really lay it out as plainly as you can and assume that like, you know, the personal training is a perfect example. Like they don't have the background in that, that we have. So you can't expect people are going to naturally do things how you do them unless you show them how to do it. And I think that's a big thing, like way back when I started with you, 
programming I learned from you directly, right? So like, I know how to translate that. I, I taught Diana here. She taught it to people since then to a degree. Like, so you need to really work with people on it in the beginning. And it's not something obviously that's scalable if you have to be with them all the time in order for it to happen, but you have to train them in order to get to that point. So then they can take and be successful from there. Yeah, no, that's huge. So we're getting close to, to run out of time because I unfortunately have to run and we didn't even get to get to some of the, the really juicy stuff that I, I wanted to get to, but I think that there's been a lot of just when it comes down to operating, like sharing things and, you know, like essentially when you took over Westchester, it was to the point where they were signing up one person a week, maybe two or three on a good week, but generally it was not consistent. So I think it's how a lot of gym owners are So now you're signing up like 10 people a week or more. And like consistently, and it's coming from multiple things. So I want to, obviously we'll have to do another one and we'll come back and we'll talk about like, all right, so let's go like into the tactics of what you've been, we talked about really the high level and what needs to be done, which is super important. But like, Hey, like what are some of the stuff? If you're a gym owner, you're like, you know, running a similar brick and mortar business or something like that or whatever, like here's the shit I've been doing that has been paying off immediately um, in that sense. And, and some of those really big changes. But I think, what you mentioned about having the right people is a, a great point. And that's when I knew with Westchester, I was like, I needed, I needed to change. And I needed to have, you know, being that that was like, you know, the second location and, you know, Legion's my baby. And I was like, I need to have, if, if I'm not going to run this, it either needs to shut down or needs to have somebody really freaking good running it. And that's where like we reconnected. Cause I was like, I can only think about one person. Right. Like, there was only one, you know, I was like one person. I was like, I have no idea if the interest. I had a feeling it might be there from like some of the stuff D passed on. Yeah. I was like, so let's see this happen. That's kind of like where we we came back and in full circle. And it's been a blast since. Um, but as we go to wrap this up, is there anything that you want to just kind of like leave as a final note before we, we call it a day? Yeah, you know, I would say like just in in what we're talking about here, like my biggest thing would be to. Um, like you said in the beginning, like have the passion, right? Like if, if you're trying to do something and really exceed in something that you're not passionate about, or you don't care, it's not going to go that direction. I saw that with the career change. Um, and I'm seeing it now because after all those few years, you know, of not doing it, we talked about, I was rusty, you know, I had to like knock the dust off some things too, but like, but I cared and like, I knew I did it before. And I knew that it was something that I could succeed in. And, and really just am passionate about. So I think that like, you know, I'm working probably right now to turn this place around like 70 plus hours every single week. And I'm a hundred times happier than when I was working 40 every single week. So <laughs> I, think, I think just having that, you know, we could go into a million things, but that would be the biggest takeaway. I think is just care about what you're doing. And, and if you treat it like that every day, people will see it and the success will come after that. Yeah. Heck yeah. Nah. Perfect. Let's end on that because I can't say it any better. So, dude, thank you so much. Obviously, this will be, you'll be on a bunch of these. You know, this will be definitely a recurring theme. And I'm, I'm excited for people to continue to hear the success of the location. But then also for me, like speaking a team, you know, it's for me, I was like, in order to do something great with Legion, where we're going to like, I needed to have great people on it. And that's why, like, I'm super pumped for you to be on that franchise team because now we have that, you know, available to our current people and our future people. So with that, we'll definitely be back. Dude, thank you so much for hopping on today. You shared some absolute great knowledge bombs and and it was just super fun for me. So thanks, dude. You too. Thank you. See you soon. 
Hey, thanks for spending your time with me today. I made this show to help people just like you overcome the challenges and adversity that come with entrepreneurship. So if you know someone that could truly benefit from today's show, please be sure to share this episode with them. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week on Unleashing Greatness.